1: So I think what I see many times with younger artists, the mistake they're making is that, you know, they're making it about them and it's really not about them. You're getting booked as a makeup artist because you're doing a service. And I think humble is also a really important topic because, and I see this many times that people, they they start off humble, but then like one or two big success things and, and then, you know, they're not humble anymore. And I think it's the most beautiful thing to be humble
0: I'm Kirby and I'm Sarah Welcome, Welcome to, to Los Angeles. Angeles! Every
2: week, we break down the most important beauty news and launches, interview your favorite beauty
0: experts, influencers, and celebrity guests, and review our favorite beauty products of the moment as your beauty editor BFFs from the beautiful and great city of Los Angeles. Welcome, Glamgelinos! We Ooh. hope you stay a while. Cute. That's cute. All right, Kirby. Top three... Favorite Met Gala beauty looks. Go. oh this is hard. This
2: is hard. This is hard. First, I have to say, I think the theme was all over the place. Like it was just it was too broad too many interp- Yeah, it was too many interpretations. Like in the past, when it had like the religious theme or like camp. The, what, camp was obviously like a whole thing. I just feel like so. For anybody wondering, what was the theme? It was in America, a lexicon mm-hmm. of fashion and. I did get some DMs from people being like, by the way, America is a whole continent, not one country. And I was like, let me just walk you through what the exact theme is. It's not North America it wasn't right. Canada and Mexico included it was literally the United States that's what it was it wasn't me being elitist an elitist American that's exactly what the theme was though sadly. right and it
0: could yeah and like I think there were a lot of people and designers who interpret it in, in a way that like you know felt very like true to like who the talent was walking down the the carpet but like it was just like It was it was everywhere. It was a lot. I feel like everyone needs to be interviewed so that they can explain like the inspiration. Otherwise, people are just like, I mean, you know, all of us on Twitter are like, this is the worst look ever. What is she even doing? What does this mean? Um, But this but this I think this theme, like you said, Kirby, more than any of the more recent previous themes was a little bit more confusing. I mean, I love Lily Reinhardt, but I was like, "Oh, florals,
2: groundbreaking." But then yeah. I realized the the flowers all represented the state flower of every, you know, right, every state exactly, and country. totally, right. So that's
0: why you do need the interviews. Yeah, there needs to be like a like captions underneath <laughs> where it's like this look was inspired by, you know, yeah, a running ticker totally. underneath. Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, I just need to mention, I was watching the Vogue stream with Kiki Palmer and Alon Glazer. Kiki, I mean, both of, I love Alana Glazer too, but Kiki Palmer is so funny and so good. Just like so entertaining. Like she made that like so entertaining to watch. So I just have to give her her flowers.
2: You know what's so funny? So I love Kiki Palmer. I, I love Kiki Palmer. And I do think that she had some great moments. Like did you see when Timothee was like, yeah, your mom was there? Like it was like hilarious. Yes. I think that she did have the standout moments, but also I felt like, It would have benefited, as much as I love Alana, she should not have been reporting. I would have loved to have just seen her walk and do her thing and maybe add a few tidbits.
0: Yeah, or like they could have been together. I feel like they could have, you know, had that like back and forth in in, face-to-face. Alana just felt like... She did,
2: you could sense that Alana was uncomfortable. Like, she didn't really know. And yeah,
0: I mean, honestly, a lot of people probably don't know, like, if they're a designer, if they're, you know, an actor or whatever. And so when she, like, I think asked one designer, like, oh, who made your dress? She was like, oh, I did. I was like, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, I know.
2: And so, like, there's a benefit to having a host that, like, is aware of the subjects that – they are going to be interviewing, like, when people criticize Ryan Seacrest and Juliana Rancic, some of that criticism
0: is warranted. However, they are, like, the professionals at this.
2: You guys have no idea how much time and effort goes into researching every single person that oh could my possibly God. even show up on the carpet. They know people that may have gotten an invite three years ago. You know what I
0: mean? Like, so it's like, yep. They know their their wives and husbands and the latest projects they're working on. It's like in, it's like the scene from *Devil Wears Prada* with Miranda Priestly, and then you know she's like whispering her shoulder, like this is so so like it's that, but like you know, on national television, like nonstop.
2: And I just think that it would have benefited Kiki to have someone who is like a fashion expert mm-hmm. being able to like because there was a lot of dead air I'll be like th- that's there was it. there was a lot of dead air because they didn't know what to say they were waiting for people they didn't have they didn't know how to fill that air they that's, needed like the e-news like production element of it yes that's when you you get like a that's when you hire like Law, Law Roach to come totally. on and be like, okay, this is what we're going to see a lot of. This is
0: what I predict. Yeah. It's like why Brad Goreski is so useful
1: <laughs> and yes, so great. Yes. and
0: Because he, he's like fun, has a lot of fun commentary, but is speaking from like experience and can like pull out those references that a lot of us don't know. Um, or Xana Roberts, obviously. Yes. It's like they're not there for
2: entertainment value, but they're there totally. to help give context to what we're seeing and it's like I know everyone was psyched to see Kiki so obviously and she is just really really good at being on
0: like for her to be able to yeah have done that with like not having a lot of you know help in terms of like you know people telling her who these people are what they're wearing um I think she handled it as best as she could and was like really really funny Agreed. Okay, so all
2: that being said, let's talk about our top three because I feel like now we've digested everything
0: that happened. My favorites were Yara Shahidi. Shout out to Emily Chang uh, who did her makeup and it was inspired by Josephine Baker. She, it was all, you know, Dior and she's just stunning. It wasn't like anything, you know, obviously like avant-garde or groundbreaking or anything, but she just looked so, so beautiful and I think uh, it's going to be like a very, very much like a memorable Met Gala look. look. Um, I like... Uh this is like, you know, not obviously like everyone loved it, but um Rihanna. Rihanna at the very end. I love this like dark lip look and the fact that she was the last person and so so late. I feel like I totally missed it. I didn't see it till the next morning. And then um Quana chasing horse, who I feel like no one was expecting and came out of like left field and uh the makeup that she did you know paying homage to um her indigenous background like just stunning 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 woman yes okay my favorites
2: are number three iman hamam model beautiful gown she did like a see-through thing it had a bunch of stars on it obviously like paying homage to the american flag her hair looked incredible i I don't know off the top of my head who did her hair and makeup, but literally I saw her and, like, my jaw dropped to the floor. She looked effing stunning. It took me a minute, but I think that Nikki Tutorials nailed it. Yep. She nailed it. Mm -hmm. So her dress the The reason I initially didn't wasn't into it is because I do not like this color of dress. I'm not a turquoise person. Okay, so yeah, yeah, I yeah. I was like, she looks good, but whatever. But then, obviously, you know, Nikki. Here you go with, with the ticker. The ticker. <laughs> she came out as trans last year. And she said that when she was invited, she knew that she wanted to pay homage to a trans icon who was at the forefront of the Stonewall Riots. That was Marsha P. Johnson. So on her dress, she had these beautiful flowers, a beautiful headdress in homage to her, but then also her tagline, which was pay it no mind. And so I felt like Mm -hmm. that was like a really genuine, lovely way of incorporating the theme into like the history
0: and, you know, and making it personal. And yeah, yeah, she looked beautiful. That was like like, well done. I loved that david lopez did her hair
2: so shout out to david lopez he's an incredible hairstylist um and then my number one <laughs> y'all are gonna hate me <laughs> was kim kardashian um kim kardashian west kimberly noel so uh, I,
0: everyone i love i love all the memes i was like mario's finest work or whatever yeah
2: oh and my it's god like I want to ask him, like, what was your thought when you found out she's going to cover her effing face or, like, what did you think? <gasps> uh, so she had 75 inches of hair from, mm-hmm. uh, why am I blinking? Chris. Well, who does her yeah, hair? Yeah, Appleton. Chris Appleton. Thank you. What, I I need more coffee. It's okay. I need more coffee. I'm yeah. sorry. Chris Appleton sure. put 75 inches of hair into that ponytail. Um, it was Balenciaga that she wore everyone so when I finally got it I was like okay I think this is effing genius so the whole theme was how like American fashion has been influenced she showed up as her own silhouette she walked in and you didn't even need to know you didn't even need to see her face you saw her body and knew it was her I yeah. thought Kanye was with her based on how everyone the guy, everyone thought that was Kanye but the way that he was standing and the way yep. he was holding himself he was emulating totally. Kanye's persona that Mm -hmm. it was the designer yep now we now know but I think that just walking in and making a statement like that like I don't even have to show my face for you guys to be influenced and know who who my body yep yes and
0: who my you know husband is like yes no yeah I I totally agree like it it took me a second because at first when she was you know doing all the uh when she arrived in New York and she was wearing the mask like Catwoman mask all this stuff I was like oh god like what is going on but like again with the background information with this little ticker you're like you know what you actually won I think it's genius
2: yeah I think it's genius I truly like what what better mic drop than that I for real uh, I don't know. I think, And she literally did not look like any other person. There were so many trends that we saw on the red carpet. And like she was the only one that came like fully monochrome. And honestly
0: anyone else who would try to do what she did. Like people would be like oh is that so and so. Maybe like Rihanna. But still then like just Kim Kardashian West. Like everyone knows who she is. Yeah. I thought it was like really really smart. So. Oh I also I want to add that like I didn't. Say Kendall Jenner, but Kendall Jenner is oh so my. Fucking beautiful. Oh my God. Oh my like, God. Like, I was like, are you like the Barbie doll of my dreams? Like, you are so stunning. That dress, too. Matthew Williams. Holy her shit. Her face, her body, her dress. Yes. Like, it was, it was still very interesting. Obviously, like, everyone's jaw dropped. She's just like, she's so pretty. I,
2: I posted on Instagram <laughs> stories that literally. Kendall Jenner is one of the most beautiful people I've seen in real life like I truly I yeah. know that there's been some augmentations okay but like yeah she like is her,
0: her smile her lips her lips her nose um, but are she not,
2: yeah. looks she's just a stunning the whole family the whole effing family when you see them in the person y'all I'm just telling you they do they get a
0: lot of hate but you, but yeah they are they are beautiful beautiful they parents. are, <laughs> they, um, they are. <laughs> speak, speaking of the Met Gala Ooh, sort of. okay. A good segue. Okay. Um, our next guest was not; she did not work on anyone um, at this year's Met Gala, but she has in you know Met Gala's past, and we meant we talk a little bit about a few of the looks um, in this interview that she did at Met Gala. But we're so excited. Uh, to have Monica Blender who is a huge celebrity makeup artist um I think Kirby on in our interview uh, you were like we need to have more makeup artists on the pod like 100% co yes. she is like such yes. an interesting conversation she is such a lovely kind and like so knowledgeable such a brilliant um woman and makeup artist a, a entrepreneur humble. humble so humble um, so for those of you who are not familiar with Monica Bunder, you are obviously very familiar with her work because she works with a ton of gorgeous A-list celebrities. Kate Hudson, Jessica Alba, Gemma Chan, Jennifer Garner, Megan Fox. Megan Fox, y'all. Megan Fox. And like recently, both Megan Fox, like, 20 years ago 20 years ago 15 years ago and like Megan Fox today um, Amanda Seyfried she's done it all Um, she's like famous for this like radiant glowy skin that she creates on her already gorgeous clients she talks to us about how she was born in Austria um, and also why she loves this look of or letting like your skin show through. Um, like it's not like she's like taking on makeup on her clients. Like she's very much wants people to look like themselves. She talks about how she got her start when, when she moved to LA. She's also going to tell us a little bit about how she started Monica Blunder Beauty. And her Blunder Cover product. Which Kirby have you tried it? No. Okay, I think that they are working on sending you some. Okay, cool. Um, it's a really, really beautiful product. So yeah, it was a really interesting conversation. There are so many highlights. Um, she talks about what else? Her beautiful daughter. Uh, her breathing exercises that she does. You'll you'll hear all about it in the interview. <laughs> but
2: stay, get ready for a wife because it's a good wife. Like she really it's i personally enjoyed her wife sometimes these wives underwhelm but for me this this delivered
0: yeah especially because like as a makeup artist she like can really speak to like how the product works and like what she's going for when using products so yeah these were some good wife good wives monica we
2: know you're listening
0: thank you for coming on the podcast
2: and being our guest without further ado here is monica blunder
0: Okay, so I love Instagram for many reasons. One being I get to connect with all of my favorite people in the beauty industry, makeup artists, one of them being Monica Blunder. And I feel like if you would have asked me a few years ago what I would do if I found myself like DMing Monica, I would have been like, no, I'm like intimidated. She's like an icon, but we've become Instagram friends. And then Kirby, she told me me that she is a fan and loyal listener of Los angeles and i was like what and then obviously i was like why haven't we had you on the podcast yet and here we are finally presenting the one and only monica
1: blender Woo-hoo! oh my goodness you guys i'm so excited i am fanning out over here at my house because i am such big fans of both of you Sarah and Kirby, I honestly, over quarantine, you've been with me on so many walks, on so many walks, Mm. with my dog, with your podcast. I mean, I just love you guys. I've learned so much from you guys, too, over the years, just listening to you and all the amazing guests you've had on. So I'm super honored that I am here with you guys today chatting all beauty and makeup. Oh,
2: you're so sweet. We are just delighted to have you. And can I just tell you a funny story, Monica? I Please. remember, forgive me for not remembering his name. He's like a very prominent plastic surgeon in Beverly Hills. And he launched a sunscreen.
1: Dr. Fisher, Garth Fisher.
2: Yes, Garth Fisher.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He's like good friends with Chris Jenner. Okay, so like read between the lines there. He had a dinner <laughs> at the Sunset Tower to launch his sunscreen, which, by the way, is an incredible sunscreen. I hope he still makes it because I haven't used it in a few years. Okay. It's really good. It's so good. And Monica was there. And Monica, can I just tell you that people were like coming up to me and they were going, yeah, so Monica Blunder's here. And I was like, okay, (laughs) yes, she is. And they were like, well, you know, she's like getting into the YouTube stuff. Like, what do you think about that? Like, it was really interesting. You were like one of the first makeup artists Mm -hmm. to like start doing YouTube. And I remember it was such a divide between professional makeup artists who have been trained, who have like paid their dues, who work on celebrities and, and, and like, you know, have an agent versus like the YouTube world. Right. It was like, you didn't cross over. So when you started doing it, I just very distinctly remember like the chatter of like, Monica has a YouTube channel, and oh my god, I'm like great, awesome. So I can watch it. I want to touch on this in our interview because I think it's just so interesting. Like, what would propel you to like want to do that? Especially because, as I said, like nobody else really was doing it. So that's my little antidote about this first meeting of Monica Blunder.
1: I remember that event very clearly. It was a very special event. It was so nice. And I remember seeing you there and chatting with you. But going back to the YouTube, I've always been interested in really trying to go with what is happening at the moment. Like I remember when YouTube was starting, it was so fascinating to me because just being able to learn and to see other artists do makeup and speak about beauty and it was just so new and I remember I like religiously listened to Lisa Aldrich; was like one of my heroes and I yep. really really love Nick and Sam Chapman I don't know if you guys know who they are they do their yes. real technique brushes and mm-hmm. I just I love them and I'm actually friends with them now and I was so excited when I got to meet them and they came to LA I was like fanning out I was like you know I've worked with almost every single celebrity in Hollywood. And I was fanning out meeting Nick and Sam. I mean, they're just the sweetest girls. And it was just like so great to have this YouTube channel, to have a voice, to be able to connect with people all around the world, and I love to teach, and it's something I never really knew about myself. You know, it's fun to go and do makeup on celebrities and everything, but a lot of people don't realize you do a celebrity's makeup, and they sometimes they don't even find it special anymore that you do their makeup because they get their makeup done every single day of their life. So for mm-hmm. me, doing makeup on someone like on YouTube, and you you know have like people writing in and asking questions, and that was. Just new and different to me. So I really loved like connecting and building a community. You know, I really did it not to think of like making money with it. It was just another opportunity to like share my knowledge and connect with people from everywhere. So that's sort of how it started. So many makeup artists are now, you know,
2: launching their own YouTube channels. And I think that it's just one more way to express your talents mm-hmm. and like share the knowledge that you have, like you said, Monica. But it just it's so funny.
0: I want to add to that like you said that you enjoy teaching. Not every makeup artist is a good, you know, teacher or is no oh my god. Is even comfortable. But you are such an incredible teacher and we've you know had the pleasure of attending press events where you've walked us through like a makeup tutorial and I have learned so many tips and tricks from you and it's like always (laughs) such a joy to be able to watch you do makeup on like a model. It's just, I just wanted to add that because you're so good at what you do
1: so sweet thank yes. you so much but it's really funny because it was a very sort of like tricky time when I started my YouTube channel like you know now someone like Hang who I look up to and I think he's an amazing makeup artist but probably he would have not done a YouTube channel back then because it wasn't really cool yet you know it was like mm. why are you doing a YouTube channel like I remember I was so excited when I shot my very first video and I shared it with like a really big client of mine and a hairdresser who I really love and they were kind of like why are you doing this it doesn't make any sense I just thought it was a great thing to do and I'm so glad I stuck with my guns with it you know because I just love it and again connecting with everyone it's the best thing ever it's not easy to do
2: it either preach this from the rooftops but to even just find the time to record make sure that you have either like a model or have a theme or, you know, okay, what am I going to teach today? Just going on and talking yeah. in a YouTube video, a lot of people do that, but to actually have to teach something in a YouTube video is completely different. It has to be streamlined. So we tip our hat to you, Monica, you do it extremely well.
1: Thank you. And you guys know, I mean, you have a podcast. I love it when I post something in my followers, they're like, YouTube video, please, video, please, tutorial, please. And no one realizes actually what is behind it and what you have to do to create something it's not like out of my fingertips here's a quick tutorial like i need a model like you said lighting equipment so it's not that easy but uh one quick little story i want to just really about my youtube channel one thing what really inspired me also to do it was i remember this like youtuber who wasn't even a makeup artist created one of my looks on youtube it was a megan fox red carpet look which I did the makeup on and she got millions of views for this video and I was like there she is out of her garage somewhere in <laughs> middle America doing this video getting like millions of views and it's actually my makeup look. So I was like why am I not just doing it you know so that's yes. sort of how it started and I learned so much being on camera I was actually believe it or not I'm a very shy person like I turn red when I'm talking and like you know it takes me a while to kind of be be comfortable so I learned to be more comfortable with myself you know speaking on camera and also not caring so much anymore like I really don't care what people think about me anymore and I really do I really truly don't care if you don't like what I do just don't follow me and don't watch my videos, you know. Yeah, and I really got yep. that confidence for my YouTube channel. Yeah, I, like if you want a crash course in
2: not caring anymore, go to YouTube. Like literally, <laughs> yeah. just start pumping out YouTube content. Like you won't ever read the comments ever again. You will just forge ahead because oh it can God. be crazy over there. But I, I love that we've already started the conversation. But we do absolutely have to ask you, what is on your face, Monica? <phone rings> Tell us everything. Well, as much as you want to tell us, but like, tell us, what are you wearing?
1: Well, today's a natural day. I told you guys earlier, I went to a big Armenian wedding yesterday, which was an experience (laughs) on its own. It was amazing. Totally. And so I had a few tequilas last night, (laughs) maybe two or three. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, I kept it very sort of light this morning, but I do love skincare. So I have uh, two amazing products on, which I love. It's the Osea serum which i love the whole osea skincare brand it's so good and then i have this depot serum which i only use on special occasions and i thought i have to do it today because it really tightens your skin i compare it with spanks on your face it's literally (gasps) like that it's i have it here in front of me if you guys want to see it it's the firming serum okay okay I love this product so much. And I don't use it all the time because I don't want my skin to get too used to it. So you only use it like when I really need it. And then I have my Augustina spader, which I love this moisturizer on. And then Blender Cover, my product, a little mascara, and I have a lip liner because I'm a huge fan of lip liners. So just very easy and simple. What lip liner, Monica? I love lip liner. So if you would ask me If I'm stranded on an island and I'm only allowed to bring one product, I'll bring a lip liner. I know everyone brings a mascara, but I'm a big lip liner person. My favorite one is this Shantikai one here. It's called Natural. I just love it because it just gives me definition. And I feel like I get a little bit of a bigger lip without injection. So that's my sort of trick. Uh,
2: We need more makeup (laughs) artists on the show. It's like no, your Desert Island product is not mascara. It's lip liner. (laughs) That Osea or Osea product is beautiful too. I love that you mentioned Augustinus Botter because in the Facebook group, someone commented and said, so Augustinus Botter is a scam, right? And then like the comments were going off and people were like, well, Kirby and Sarah have definitely talked about this (laughs) multiple times. (laughs) And I started laughing because I'm like, do they think we're recommending scammy products? I certainly hope not. But there's Also, you know, people in the group that don't listen to the podcast, they just are like beauty lovers. So AB is not a scam. We love Augustinus Botter. Yes, it's expensive. It's German, too. I'm not
1: being biased, but I'm Austrian. so And I love (laughs) things that are made in Germany. Not only cars. They make really (laughs) amazing skincare. I mean, I grew up with veleda veleda was something my mom used all her life and now my daughter valentina she loves veleda so much and i love it it's natural and it has such a comeback and i'm doing a moisturizer which i'm gonna give you a little bit of a teaser and i'm having it made in germany so i cannot wait to share it with all of you guys
0: thank you for that scoop so you mentioned you're from austria you were born and raised there. Tell us what it was like growing up and how you fell in love with makeup and how that led you to want to pursue a career as a makeup artist.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, so I grew up in Austria in a very small mountain region town outside of Salzburg. I really grew up, I had an amazing childhood. I grew up, it's literally, my city looks like the sound of music. The mountains, it's like this small little mountain town. And I grew up very simple, like surrounded by nature. And my parents were really, really into like the botanical flowers, which were growing around us, like Edelweiss, Arnica. Arnica was a huge huge inspiration with my product which I'm going to talk about later but Arnica was something my dad always had in our bathrooms when I was growing up he'll go mushroom hunting in the summer like you know make his own mushroom whatever then he has his own garden he picks his own blueberries makes his own jam and so Out of the botanicals, he would make this like arnica water, which is, you know, made with alcohol and it's in the bathroom. And when we had like cuts or bruises or bee sting or redness, like he'll always come and put his arnica water on us. So it was just like an inspiration for me to really include that in my brand as well that's amazing. I like need
0: to make this Arnica water for myself. So you've always been surrounded by, you know, the botanical flowers and the ingredients in nature. But like, how does one leave this beautiful town in Austria and come to LA and become a big celebrity makeup artist?
1: My brother is a at that time he was a cameraman working in Munich and Munich is only an hour away from my hometown. So you can take a train to Munich. And that was sort of like, you know, the place where we would go on the weekends and go out and blah, blah, blah. But my brother was working in Munich as a cameraman and I would go visit him many times on set. And I was around 15, 16. And I really fell in love with like the makeup department then I was like, you know, maybe I should pursue this. Maybe I can become a makeup artist one day. So I looked for like a way to learn how to become a makeup. I really want to do special effects, but there was no proper schooling, you know, where I was from. So I found this makeup school in Frankfurt in Germany and I applied for it. I went there for a year. And then afterwards, I moved to Munich in Germany and I lived there for a year. And I met this makeup artist who was in fashion. His name is Norbert Cheminel, like the nicest guy. And I was able to assist him for like a year. And then my brother in that time moved to Los Angeles and he was working here in LA as a director. and something tragic happened his wife actually passed away and they had a little son who was one year old and I just finished you know assisting my friend in Munich and I was like you know what I'm gonna come and help you you know and I stayed with you for a couple of months because I was I was 21 or 22 years old and I was kind of like, you know, not really knowing where I'm going. And I was like, I come and help you. And I came to LA and then sort of everything just kind of started. You know, I helped my brother with his son. And then on the side, I started assisting as a makeup artist. And then my brother was working on really big jobs at that time already. And so he always would hire Paul Starr. I don't know if you guys remember, but he was one of the biggest makeup artists in the 90s in LA. And my brother asked him if I could assist him. So I worked with him for a while and then just like sort of like worked my way into the business. You know, one thing led to the next. And I started getting my very first celebrity client was Rebecca Romaine at that time in the 90s. And then after that, I just, you know, it sort of snowballed.
2: Okay, wait, I I want to hear everything. So your first big <laughs> client was Rebecca romaine But... Do you remember your first job? Like when you were like, all right, it's it's me. It's This is happening. I'm going to be like the makeup artist for this shoot or this, you know, show.
1: Actually, my very like kind of first bigger job as a makeup artist was a catalog called Spiegel or Spiegel. You remember that Spiegel? And I would work with them. There was a photographer and I forgot his name. He was Italian. He always hired me for this. A photo shoot for this catalog shoot and at that time you know it was a lot of like not lingerie and like so they would hire like really beautiful models I remember I worked with Heidi Klum for the first time Spiegel before she was Heidi Klum I worked they hired Rebecca like they had very you know beautiful incoming models at that time so that's how I met Rebecca on a Spiegel Photo shoot. And then she just sort of like started becoming big. And I remember, I had dinner on sunset at Chin Chin with a friend of mine, and there was Rebecca sitting with John Stamos, they were dating. And I walked over and I'm like, hey, Rebecca, you remember me from the photo shoot on Spiegel? And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we just worked last week, right? And she's like, I have this huge shoot coming up next week. Do you want to do my makeup? And I'm like, sure, here's my number. So that's how it really goes with makeup. You just like one thing leads to the next. And it's always like, you know, if you're good on on the job and if you sort of like you know like one thing you know you meet a photographer you meet a model and it all sort of like snowballs and and that's sort of how my career started
2: I feel like too with makeup it's such a intimate thing because you're so close to somebody's face right and you're probably seeing parts of this person that like they normally don't share with the rest of the world like Bare skin, Mm -hmm. you really have to have a good relationship and a good rapport with your client because otherwise, they're not going to want you to come back. Like if they feel uncomfortable or the vibe is off, they might be like, "Eh, okay, I don't know." Like she did beautiful makeup, but I wasn't feeling it. So I'm curious. Like, can you walk us through what it's like when you're working with a client for the first time? Like, are there things that you like try to do to kind of like warm up to them or have them warm up to you. I always want to know about the psychology of being a makeup artist. We find it so fascinating.
1: I am a psychologist too. Like I'm both. I'm a makeup artist and that, but <laughs> I think over the years I've worked with so many different, you know, women in my life and so many different characters and so many different personalities and I feel like as a makeup artist what's really important is that you really have to put your own ego aside. And what I think I'm really good at is kind of like figuring out the person who is in, sitting in front of me and really, you know, listening and just really like attempting to their needs because in a service industry, and I'm giving them my service. So I think what I see many times with younger artists, the mistake they're making is that, you know, they're making it about them, and it's really not about them. You're getting booked as a makeup artist because you're doing a service. So really try, up to this day, even now, you know, I really try to be as humble, and I think humble is also a really important topic because... And I see this many times that people, they they start off humble, but then like one or two big success things and, and then, you know, they're not humble anymore. And I think it's the most beautiful thing to be humble, you know? So I never want want that to, to be taken away from me because I think that's what makes me who I am, you know? So just listening and then really attempting to their needs. That's, I think, the key as a makeup artist. and doing a good job and really doing your homework. When I work with someone for the very first time, obviously I do my homework. I look at pictures of, you know, red carpet moments, and I see what I like, or what I think I could change or what I could do different. And also, I think it's important to the way how you communicate with a celebrity, especially the first time when you're working with them, you don't want to like really push your opinion on them, you want to like, there's a really fine line on how to bring something across, you know what I mean, in a very sort of like Mm. subtle Sophisticated way, and also you have to be secure about yourself. The minute people kind of like can feel your insecurity, then it's just not good as a makeup artist, you know. If you're secure, uh, they can smell it, they can feel it, and then you can do whatever you want to do, you know. Then I can tell you, totally, uh, a purple or green or yellow eyeliner would look amazing on you, and they'll go with the yellow eyeliner because it's the way how you bring it across.
2: Wait, Monica, okay, so this isn't a question that we have on the list. How how do you handle it when like you've been working with a client for a while and then they like switch makeup artists? Like <gasps> controversial. Like surely that has happened.
1: Oh, that's a good question. Oh my God, it happened so many times to me. Many, many times. And again, everything comes with age and experience. I remember when I worked with Katherine Heigl, like in her hype of her hype time, like when she just finished Grey's Anatomy, I did 27 dresses with her and knocked up like the big movies. And then from one day to the other, you know, she switch a lot of times what happens when they switch PR firms and then they want like a revamp or whatever and they use a different makeup art and I remember I was cry I was so upset. I called my age and I'm like, I what have I done wrong? Da, da, da. But like, you know, it's just the nature of the beast of this business. You know, like there's only a few people who are super loyal. Uh quite frankly, I think people have the right to use other people. Like honestly if I would be a celebrity, I would like to have multiple makeup artists to my face, because everyone sees you differently. And I always tell my clients, you have to have another person, because A, I'm not going to be always available for you. And B, it's great to have other people do you like, I always say no one is your own client. It's just not. And that's, again, also a reason why I started my own brand and my own company is because it's just as a makeup artist, there's no security, really and from one day you can do the best job you can like travel with them and then from one day to the other they say okay I want to use someone else yeah which is just it's
0: just the nature of this industry I have a sort of other juicy question that I've always wanted to know related to Kirby's question you have like such a huge celebrity clientele you know so many A-listers how do you decide who you're going to work on for an event if they all want you working on them for like a Met Gala, you know, award show. Like, how do you balance that?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. I always think about that. Like, how
0: do you prioritize? Because you don't want someone to think you love someone more than them. But
1: like, how do you choose? That's why you have good agents and they'll figure (laughs) it all out for you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna get that printed out and put on my wall.
2: (laughs) Have a good agent. Literally, like preaching to the choir over here. I love it. I love it.
0: Oh my gosh. So you spoke earlier about, you know, having your YouTube channel and watching this influencer makeup vlogger doing your Megan Fox look and having millions and millions of views. Obviously, there are tons of makeup vloggers or beauty influencers who are doing this. The market has never been bigger for them. How do you feel about that? Obviously, you are an expert, you know, you have studied this, you are an artist, How do you feel about the industry changing and sort of sometimes even putting you and a beauty vlogger on the same level? I know we're asking you such like juicy questions, but as someone who has, you know, just worked for so many years and you've built your own brand and you did the YouTube thing, like how do you feel the industry has changed?
1: It's such a really loaded question, but it's just, you know, everything has changed so much since I started. I mean, I started in the 90s. I'm so grateful that I was able to start when I started because I think it was really the best time to be a makeup artist. Like just, you know, the photographers I've had the chance to work with, like I worked with her Brits. I worked with David LaChapelle, I worked with the biggest, Ellen von Unworth. And like the things I've learned on photo shoots, the etiquettes, the experiences I've had, no one can that ever take that away from me. And I'm so grateful for that. And it's just a different business now. You know, everything is moving into such a different direction. and Honestly, I don't know now if I would start as a makeup artist again. It's just, like, not what it used to be. Like, there's no more creative, really, photo shoots. Like, now I go on shoot, you know, there's nothing wrong to be young. But, like, I was on a major major shoot the other day and the photographer I I mean I've never heard of the photographer before and it's just how it is now it's just different do you feel
0: like if you are an up-and-coming makeup artist or if you're you know someone who's interested in pursuing that path or following in your footsteps that it's necessary to have a youtube be really active on instagram or can you really just like focus on your art
1: anymore Another thing I've noticed on shoots, is like when you work with younger generations who haven't been on big photo shoots, like references is an example. Like I talked to this stylist who I worked with the other day and he didn't know any of the references, you know. So like I would just recommend to maybe like do a little bit more of your homework in that department as well and just really dive into it and learn, you know, about the business a little bit more before you... Dive into this profession.
2: Yeah, I feel like because a lot of makeup artists now are becoming self-taught, like due exactly. to YouTube, they haven't had the experience of assisting. You've assisted incredible people, Kevin Aquan being one. You know, Paul Starr, and when I talk to people like Jen Atkin or mm-hmm. you know, Makeup by Mario or you know, Patty Dubroff, any of these makeup artists and hairstylists that got their start in like the 90s or like, you know, early millennium, they assisted. They were hauling bags. They were, you know, accounting for everything for the artists that they were assisting. And I think that there's a great value to that. I know that times have changed for sure. And I think there's become more equal opportunity for people that may not have had it in the past, which is great. When I think about the internships that I had, (laughs) I wish I was paid for my internships, but thank God I wasn't because like I was messing up right and left and learning so much like the the learning aspect of it was invaluable so like when you talk about this and talk about like not knowing references and stuff it's like right now in social media everybody's getting dragged for like copying somebody else's work and it's like at the bare minimum you should understand like oh actually this image right here is a Twiggy reference from the 1960s like or you know this was Madonna or whatever it is so that at least when you present the final product you're able to like back it up showcase you can back it up and say Mm -hmm. of course I did not create this of course I did not come up with this idea on my own I understand the homage of it all I love that. Totally. So you mentioned starting Monica Blunder Beauty as like a means to have some stability. Because like you said, makeup artistry is great. It's art, but it can change on a whim. So you launched Blunder Cover, okay, which is an all-in-one foundation and concealer. Tell us why you decided on this particular product. You have used so many foundations and concealers. So what were you trying to create that you couldn't find that already
1: existed? First of all, uh, my naivete did not understand how difficult it is to actually create a complexion product. Complexion product is the hardest product to come out with, which I had no idea. I was like, oh, I'm just <laughs> going to do this, you know, blunder cover because the story behind me creating blunder cover is because I really do love creating someone's skin and I think if you can ask anyone who I've worked with they will always tell you they love the way how I do their skin I wanted to create a product that sort of mimics what I do on someone I actually don't love foundation as a makeup artist I hate when I look at someone and I the first thing I see is foundation and the cakey kind of like you know i just hate it i think a lot of it has to do with my upbringing and where i'm from and i see this many times in interviews there's a difference between a european woman wearing makeup than sometimes an american woman and especially where i grew up in austria being surrounded by very natural looking women, but still sophisticated. Like my mom is an example, perfect example, who wore very little makeup, but she would always have, you know, a beautiful red lipstick, but it was never like a full face so creating blender cover to me was just i wanted to create a product that does everything it covers you you can put it underneath your eyes you can cover you know any blemishes you have in your face but i still wanted the finish to be very skin like you know i know clean makeup and vegan and all this is like such a trend right now and i'm very proud that my product is clean and vegan because We go back to my upbringing in Austria because, you know, I grew up like that my whole life. Like the story I told you about my dad and my mom, like they were really into the environment. Recycling was a huge thing in my household and just being more, you know, conscious. You know, my family always taught me quality over quantity. And that's sort of what I want to create with Monica Blunder Beauty. I want everything to just make sense, you know, and have beautiful, gorgeous ingredients that are clean and that they make sense and intentional. Like, you know, I don't want this huge line. I want to come out with very like curated colors that make sense. Like, you know, now we have blunder cover, but I have lipsticks coming. I have a lip balm coming. But it won't be this major skews of like a million colors. Everything is gonna make sense and is curated.
2: You are known for creating these, like, really gorgeous faces. They're radiant. They're glowy. Your clients include Megan Fox, which you have posted about. I, I feel like we got to talk about Megan. Like, she is the moment. She, she is, like, I'm so glad she's, we're having the, the mega-sance. It's, like, she's come back. Like, I I feel like we've mentioned Megan Fox at least five times on this podcast in the last couple of months that we need to, like, speak her coming on. I'm obsessed with
1: always
0: her. looked great and been beautiful, obviously, but she has never looked better.
1: Do you guys see what she wore yesterday? Oh, my God. Yes. I loved it. I, I was, was
2: like, obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like bodies can look like this. Wow. She really wow. does
1: look like that. She really in person, but she's also a very disciplined human being like you have to to be disciplined in order to look like that and people just totally you know you have to eat right you have to exercise she doesn't drink a sip of alcohol like she's very disciplined you know we like i love my little tequila every once in a while (laughs) what am i gonna say you know but megan does have a huge comeback speak about loyal she's She doesn't just use me. She has a handful of other people. But I do go back with Megan, you know. I mean, I've known her for so many years. I did some of her Transformer tours. I've done the Teenage uh, Turtle uh, premiere and her press tour for that. I've done Jennifer's Body with her. And and she's super loyal. And, you know, I I love working with Megan because that face and also – She really is a professional. Like she sits down, and when it's time to do makeup, she doesn't mess around. She sits there, and she likes to be inspired. With like, she we talk about the look, and like some celebrities, you do their makeup, and they're all over the place, you know. And you have to do eyeliner, and there is the kids, and like you know, like on the phone, and like, and I'm like, how am I gonna do a straight line if you like? And Megan sits in her chair, and she gives you her face, and that's my favorite thing, you know. It's She's awesome. She's absolutely awesome. I'm
2: looking at your Instagram right now, like just scrolling through. First of all, I mean, I just want to like give like a lowdown of everybody that you've worked on. Like I, I see Gemma Chan uh, recently. Obviously, Megan, you posted a one of your first covers that you ever did of Miss Britney Jean Spears. I know. That which I'm going to need like every last detail about at some point. Uh, incredible people. Uh among people like, you know, Jessica Alba, Rosie Huntington, Jennifer Lawrence. So like, obviously, these women are gorgeous, just straight up. Yeah. But when you're going in and you're going to work on them, share with our audience, like, what are some tricks that you do on your celebrity clients that maybe you think people at home do incorrectly? I would love you to just lay down the law
0: for all of us.
1: What are we doing wrong? Oh, you guys didn't do anything wrong. I always break it down with, you know, diet, your intake of how you live your life, you know, and I see it on myself, if I have a week of a really clean, good diet, and I drink my amount of water, and no alcohol and exercise, my skin looks, you know, amazing. And and I'm a huge fan of ice baths. And it's something again, back to my upbringing in Austria, We all my life I've gone into saunas and and then in the wintertime after skiing, we go in the sauna and then we do ice afterwards. We go outside and like rub ourselves with snow. It's like something I've done all my life. And I really see the effect. (laughs) You girls are laughing. I see the effect (laughs) in the skin, what it does like an old trick with makeup artists, we put spoons in the freezer and you put the spoon on the eyes and it immediately takes the puffiness down. So I am a huge fan of cold. So like when I go on a red carpet job on a celebrity, I bring like my cold masks, which I put in the freezer. I put it in an ice packet and then I put it on my client's face and it brings immediately immediately down any sort of like inflammation swelling so that's like a huge trick of mine so that's sort of how I start I always start with like a mask something cold and then I do skincare I always spend like five minutes on my client on you know pampering them with like some sort of like skincare massage serum moisturizer and then once the skin is prepped I start with with makeup Have you guys tried
0: the (laughs) new Charlotte Tilbury cryo
1: mask? Yeah, I
2: have.
0: It's great. I haven't. I saw you wearing it, Sarah. And I was like, what is it? I think I left it in the freezer for too long. I needed to let it like thaw a tiny bit. because I was like, holy shit, my skin is like hurting from how cold it is. Is it like an ice pack? It's like, you know how they have the eye masks with the little like beads? beads? I mean, yeah. Okay. So it's like that, but it's like for your forehead and for your cheeks and you're supposed to keep it in the freezer and it's great, but you need to have it thaw out a little bit because otherwise you're yeah, literally okay. applying like frozen ice onto your skin. Which apparently you did that after skiing, you rubbed snow on your face. So <laughs> maybe I should have just endured. Do you guys follow Wim Hof? My husband's a big Wim Hof yeah, does the whole breathing thing, tries to get me to do it, and I need to do it. I need to commit, but I, I have not.
2: I watched that episode of the Goop Lab, but didn't. I haven't tried it.
1: Girls, I'm building a sauna in my house. The minute it's built, you're coming over, we're having a sauna party, and I'm going to make you guys go into the ice bath. Ah! <laughs> okay, that's it. I'm not doing it until then.
0: Let me know. Yeah, okay. same. <laughs> <laughs> I know we don't have that much time, but Kirby and I talk about how beautiful your daughter is all the time. <laughs> like stunning, stunning. Stunning. She is like beautiful. How did you just birth like your model? It was like you manifested it into existence. You're like I need a model for all my tutorials. Oh wait, my daughter. She's like so beautiful. She's my muse. She is your muse. <laughs> and you know, we see her doing like makeup tutorials on your Instagram. Like she's so talented. She's so cool. Obviously, you know, Monica, we were talking about this. I, I'm a new mom. I have a daughter. And it oh, o- she's so cute. You're so sweet. Thank you. She's love- really cute. <laughs> it overwhelms me sometimes to think about, like, having in the future to, like, have these conversations with her about makeup and beauty. And, you know, just to instill this confidence, but to encourage her to be, you know, t- to have fun with makeup and-, and to use it in a way that, like, makes her feel better, but, you know, not to conceal anything she doesn't want you know all of that
1: oh my god Sarah she's gonna she's gonna be so great because she has you as a mom do not worry one bit she's gonna be perfect
0: you're so sweet but give us your your advice like how did you like have these conversations with Valentina and like how do you encourage and inspire her to like have this healthy relationship with makeup
1: It's funny because there's so many moms out there who are so, you know, worried about their kids wearing makeup. And for me, I've always been like that in parenting. I try not to be the parent to tell my kids not to do certain things, uh, starting with makeup. I never said to her, you're not allowed to wear makeup you know, until you're this age, whatever, because whatever age means, try to teach her to do it the right way. So instead of saying you can't wear makeup, I was like, you know, maybe right now this is like appropriate, like obviously don't wear red lips when you age 13. But like, you know, you'll see like girls when they start going through puberty, and they start breaking out it like, like my Valentina, actually, her skin for one year was awful. She had almost cystic acne and then you know their hormones they're going through puberty they have to go to school like with all this on their face and i was always like look let's use a concealer yet let's use a little bit of something to make you feel better you know so i think makeup if you use it the right way it's such a great tool is she gonna is she gonna become a makeup artist too? I don't think she will. She wants to she broke down yesterday that she wants to study in Paris, so that's the new thing. She wants to go to college in Paris. But I think that she'll do something she's really good in psychology. She's really good with people. She's also really into art, so she might do like a combination of art and psychology and she loves children. So we'll see. Like, that's right oh. now. But next year, it might be something completely different. We'll we'll see where it goes. But she's a cutie. I love oh her so God. much. Oh, my She's and so cool. She's so cool. <laughs> and I, the, what I love so much about her, she's into fashion, but she loves vintage. She does not care about wearing a Balenciaga shirt, but she's not into labels. Look at me, labels. <laughs> she doesn't go in my closet, or she doesn't want any of my handbags. She, like, all she... She loves to go thrifting. She came home the other day. She spent a whole afternoon at the thrift shop, and she came home with the coolest pair of cowboy boots. They were like $6, and I was like, how did you find these? So I'm super proud of her sort of like fashion sense as well. Oh, because I you know, I that's another thing like I've noticed, you know, because I'm around so many, you know, people who are super wealthy and and, and you see the kids and everything and you're like, I don't know if I want my 16 year old running around in a Chanel bag yet. You know what I mean? It's like something I feel like in life you have to work for things and that's what I try to instill in my children it's like and I even wear this ring it has a ladder I don't know if you see it um, I think you have to climb the ladder it's important as, and it's what I try to teach Valentina too it's like wearing a Chanel bag now what are you going to wear when you're my age what makes you happy like you should the same as cars with everything you should just kind of like start, you know, and then work your way up. I love that. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, it's way more
0: gratifying when you
2: work hard and you wait. Okay, so we're gonna do a speed round now, Mon. All right. Mm -hmm. So this is like, probably the longest speed round (laughs) we've ever had. (laughs) Because we just have a 1000 questions. We always say like quick first answer, but these questions warrant an actual response. So you don't have to make this one word answers, just like say whatever you feel. Okay. Um, Okay. So the first question, fall is upon us. What trends do you see being big this season in makeup?
1: More matte skin. Like I think in the summer, we definitely always love a more glowy sort of finish. I love a more sort of like subdued, like more, not matte, but like like a more natural finish? Yeah, more natural finish. And then also, I mean, I'm a huge fan of a darker lip for fall. I'm always like a burgundy matte lip with like a very simple eye. It's like one of my favorite fall looks ever. Love.
0: With the with the lip liner. A must.
1: With the lip liner. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> okay. This is going to
0: be really difficult, but... I know you just posted about, you know, your Gemma Chan look from Met Gala last year, which was like such a stunner. But if you had to pick your your favorite or like the most memorable red carpet makeup look you've ever done, what stands out to you?
1: Another Gemma Chan red carpet look was the Oscars when she wore a very pink dress. I don't know if you guys remember, like the really kind of like poofy pink dress with the pocket and she had like like cookies in her
0: pocket or a sandwich or something
1: (laughs) yeah and it's actually a really cute story because you know what happens a lot of times when you do those really big red carpet moments you have a conversation the day before with the stylist and they usually text you a picture of the dress confidentially they're like this is what she's going to be wearing so you have a little bit of time to process the dress because then On the day, you have a conversation with the whole team on what everyone wants to do. But I remember I saw the dress and I looked at it. It was so bright pink, and I was like, "What am I going to do with makeup for this look?" And I remember I showed it to my daughter, to Valentina, because she's very creative and she's really, really good with colors because she loves to draw. So she understands like all the undertones and everything. And And her first response was like, mom, it's a pink dress. You have to bring in like an emerald green into the makeup because on the color wheel, the opposite color of pink is green. So I was like, that's such a great idea. Like, you know, because most people wouldn't think to Mm -hmm. combine those two colors. So I did this like very sort of like classic emo green eyeliner and that's how this whole look started but i think that's one of my favorite looks another favorite red carpet moment it's an older one but it's from 2013 amanda seyfried is also like one of my oldest clients and i I met Amanda right before Mamma Mia, the first Mamma Mia, came out. And she was like, I don't know, 19, 20 years old. And um, I've known her for so many years. And one of my first Oscar moments with her was in 2013. And I I forgot who the dress was. It was like a very sort of silvery dress and her hair was up. But I did a very kind of sophisticated purple graphic eye so it was like it was still very subtle and soft but like it was a really beautiful like purple color and to me still to this day a very kind of like beautiful makeup look I think what's really important creating these looks these red carpet moments is for me I want them to be timeless and I want to look at some of these things I've created. And even now, 2013, I think this makeup look you can do up to this day and it'll still look very modern, you know. So it's almost like a wedding, you know. You're creating a look and you want it to be, you know, you want it to be timeless. You want it to be totally sophisticated and, and, and really where it's time.
2: This look in particular does give me wedding vibes. So if anybody is getting married soon it's a and good needs wedding. inspiration check it out because it's, it's good gorgeous. One.
1: And then another really beautiful uh, moment was with uh, Jessica Alba. And I love this moment because it was literally right before lockdown. It was one of my last big red carpet moments was with uh, Jessica Alba. It was the 2020 Vanity Fair party. You want to look it up. She wore this like beaded. Yes, yes. Sparkly strapless dress. And I just think everything was perfect. The hair She looks like an skin. Oscar
0: statuette herself.
1: Yeah. It's it's such yes. a good look. And I just love that look. I mean, Jessica has the best skin. And it's another person. Jessica I've known since she's seventeen years old. Like some of my clients, it's just like I know these girls for so many years and it's it's so fun to create these looks, you know what I mean? Because when you know them, you know exactly what they want.
2: Oh. This is also a good wedding look, yeah, by totally. The way. Oh my god, <laughs> so beautiful. Okay, Monica, what's your must have makeup product in your kit?
1: <sighs> Blunder cover, <laughs> knew, it, knew, it. <laughs> knew it, knew it, knew it, okay. knew it, knew it. Must have skincare product in your kit, honestly, an oldie but goodie, but I love it so much, and I've had it in my makeup kit since the 90s. Is Embryolisse. yes,
2: that is like the makeup artist. Product. I feel like I learned about that product through makeup artists. Yeah, and honestly,
1: my skincare, my uh, moisturizer that I'm working on is going to be very similar to this product, but in a clean version. Because the release does have a very scented smell, and I, I don't mind it, but it's definitely not a clean product, and it's also been around for I don't know how many years. So uh, I think it needs a, a facelift. <laughs> but it's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful product. And I love the price point. I love the price point because, and that's another mission of mine to come out with products that like are under a hundred dollars. I'm so tired of, you know, you know, promoting products that are so expensive. Not everyone has the wallet to spend $300 for a hyaluronic acid, you know, which, you know, is crazy to me. So I really, really want to produce products that are a little bit you know on on the lower price point as well
2: this is going to be a two-parter who is your dream client that you haven't worked with yet Gwyneth Paltrow
1: I cannot believe I've I, I can't believe I've never worked with her because I've worked with her mom I can't believe you've never worked with her either who work who works with Gwyneth I somebody from my agency it's good uh it's um uh, Georgie Eisdell.
2: Oh, yeah. Georgie's with her a lot. Yeah,
1: who's an amazing artist. I love Georgie. And, know yeah, there's room for everyone. Like, one time only. I want to do it for a face.
2: <laughs> yes. Let's see it happen. She might never go back okay, to
1: Georgie, though. After oh, Monica. You never know. <laughs> you
2: never know. <laughs> the last part of this question, they're not even remotely related, but whatever. <laughs> let's say... Monica, you are on like Jimmy Kimmel Live, and you're there like talking about your makeup artistry, and they're like, "So, like, who who are you a huge fan of? Who is your inspiration in life?" You say this person, and then they're like, "Well, surprise, they're here!" And they come out, and you just have a total meltdown. Who is the person that's walking out behind the doors?
1: I honestly would die to meet Wim Hof. I would die to meet him. <laughs> Oh my god, Monica.
2: <laughs> She's like freaking out that Wim Hof is coming out. Everyone's like doing the deep breathing. They
0: like pour cold water on her. We need to get you on an episode of the Goop, the Goop show on Netflix so you could work with Gwyneth Paltrow and then do your Wim Hof breathing exercises.
1: I would die. I I mean, (laughs) that's the thing. I've worked with so many celebrities that, you know, to me, I get excited to meet a chef. Those are the people who get me excited, you know? We love that answer. Totally.
2: Monica, thank you so much for joining us today on this episode.
1: Where can everybody find you and find your brand? Everyone can find me at Monica Blunder or at Monica Blunder Beauty. And yeah, it was so much fun to be here and chatting with you guys, all oh, beauty. Thank you so much for having me.
2: We're so excited. Thank you so much. Y'all, that's Monica with the K, by the way. But we will link everything on our website and be sure to tag her on social. Y'all know where to find us. We're Los Angeles Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Find us on Facebook. Join our Facebook group. And then you can access all of our episodes wherever you get your podcasts or just go to losangelespod.com. We also break down every single product that's mentioned in our episodes. So if you were curious about what products Monica mentioned, they will all be listed on our website. And we will talk to you on Tuesday.